the QR code, or you can go to sbtindy.org slash contacts and fill out there. Sorry, there's a bunch of visitors coming in. This is exciting. So good to have you here. Come on in, folks, and find a seat. Ushers, if you are look, we're looking for more ushers. So right now I think it's like we have enough, just enough for everyone to do like every other week, and that's a lot to ask. And so if you are interested in being an usher, please see uh, Ken McKinney after the service tonight. He will get you on the schedule gladly, and I would love to have you guys uh, in invested in that and getting involved in that as well. And then, next announcement? Yes, Harvest Teen Rally. So if you are interested, you're a teenager, Harvest Teen Rally is Saturday, September 9th, and so we're looking forward to that. Always a good time. And so if you have any questions, you can see David Klingeman. He has all the answers. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, it is Saturday, September 9th. I think it's $20 a person, uh, but you need to make sure you fill out a form and all that stuff. So see David. He has all the, all the info for that, and uh, if you have any questions, see him there. Missionaries of the Week are Matt and Tiffany Herbster to Hong Kong. Uh, they just finished a camp, their first ever camp there in Hong Kong, and they've had actually two families that have come to their church for the last couple of weeks with the only connection they have to the church is the camp. And so they're really looking forward to that. One of my friends actually traveled over to Hong Kong to help run the camp. So they had a really good week, better than they ever could have expected. Uh, but they have a video on YouTube if you'd like to see it. Um, you can see their video, and he gives an update on some of their, their church location. They just got a new church location, which has been an incredible blessing for them, and then the camp and all the things going on there. So we'll ask the ushers to come forward at this time to receive our evening offering. And I'm going to ask uh, Matt Krabulka if he would pray for the offering, and then also for our missionaries at Herbshire's. Lord, we thank you for this evening and for the opportunity to be able to come back and worship you this evening um, together as a church. And Lord, we thank you that you are so good to us and you bless us um, with so much, God. Uh, we pray that you would be with our missionaries, the Herbsters, as they're serving over in Hong Kong. Please continue to just give them uh, strength and wisdom to share the gospel in that difficult location. And I ask that you would just um, continue to bless them in their camps that they're running, give them souls that they can share the gospel with and that would trust Christ. And we pray that you'd bless this offering tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stay seated and join me as we sing Living for Jesus.
Levi. Birthdays and anniversaries. Anybody have a birthday or anniversary this last... Did we do these last week when I was gone? We did. Anybody have a birthday or anniversary this last week? Miss Carol. I have a birthday on 73. You, you are 73. I wouldn't... Set? Saturday. Saturday? Yesterday last like Saturday? I wouldn't have guessed you'd be a day over 72. <laughs> and how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 46 years. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. Anybody else? Birthday or anniversary this last week? Mr. Jonathan, when was your birthday? Today. Wow. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday to you and me. And, uh, and how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 37 years. Amen. Anyone else? Birthdays or anniversaries? Mr. Devin, when was your birthday? August 25th. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 22 years. Amen. Praise the Lord. How old are you, Devin? <laughs> Thank you. That's, I walked into that one. I'm not asking again. <laughs> Anybody else? Birthdays or anniversaries? Andrew, when was it? The 24th. And how... Long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 16 years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Everybody's kind of slow to raise their hands sometimes. All right, let's sing happy birthday. No, no anniversaries? None? All right, let's sing happy birthday to these young folks. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday Jonathan, one of you is going to introduce all your friends. Uh, Jonathan kept telling me he had friends. We didn't believe it. We're glad to see you guys. <laughs> so, uh, uh, this is the Stallnacker family. They're from West Virginia. Uh, traveling through, dropping off uh, their kids at Hiles. Dropping off their kids at Hiles. So who's going to Hiles? All right. They're kids. That's one. All right. There you go. Well, congratulations. Is this your first year? Second. Second year. All right. Well, welcome to all of you. Glad you could make it, to, make it this evening. So we're going to have, I'm going to go ahead and do the introduction now so I don't have to get back up here. Uh, but after we do scripture reading, uh, then Mike Haley, Mike and Cindy Haley are in town. And uh, this is impromptu, we know, but they're going to uh, update us on things that are happening over in Botswana. And they're going to tell us about that camp a little bit as well. And uh, so just get ready for that as we uh, finish the reading. Brother Mike, you come on up wherever you went to. You just come right on up. I hope you're out here someplace. Yeah, there he is. All right. He moved on me. There he is. All right. Come on up. To those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of God's word. As we are in the book of Joshua, chapter 7, verses 16 through 26. So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the family of Judah, and he took the family of the Zerites, and he brought the family of the Zerites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. And he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua, and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. 
When I saw among the spoils a, a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran unto the tent. And behold, it was hid in his tent and the silver under it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and unto all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned him with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. May the Lord prosper his word to where he sent it. And may the Lord bless you as you go about your week. You may be seated. Well, good evening. Amen. I'm like your choir director. I enjoyed, uh, we snuck in just a few minutes early and enjoyed some prelude. I understand it was the choir's first time back in a while. And uh, he, you know, started joking around a little bit with the choir, talking about something you saw. The Air Force Band. Air Force Band. And he said the guy was kind of moving like this and the more he carried on, I said, man, we could use him in Botswana. He'd fit right in. <laughs> we, were, we were teasing with our folks the Sunday we left, and I said, now you guys pray for us. I said, Cindy and I are, are right dignified. We really are. She's from North Carolina, and I'm just an Indiana boy right here. And I said, but we're quite dignified. But I said, you know, when we got to Africa, we loosened up a little bit. We, we kind of stomp our feet a little bit sometimes when we sing, and I clap my hands and, you know, let all five of my hairs down sometimes. And uh, I said, when we go home, we have to behave. <laughs> I said, Americans are a little different than we are. <laughs> but I want to tell you what I love about coming to Southeastern. It's just so good. The spirit's so sweet here. And uh, I'm a creature of habit. When I go to a restaurant, I just about order the same thing every time I go to certain restaurants. How many of you are like that? How many of you go to like the same place for vacation over and over and over because you like what you're going to get? And that's what I love about coming home is you just know what you're going to get. Amen. Thank you for praying for us. Seven years ago, seven years ago, uh, almost seven years ago, we left to go to Botswana. And we had stayed in the mission's house and had uh, Christmas with our kids there and then launched out and headed to Botswana. It was seven years ago that uh, God really began to show us what Hebrews 11.8 really meant in our lives. That's the verse that God used to call us to Botswana. I was sitting on the north side of Indianapolis when I read uh, early in the morning by faith Abraham when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went and I don't want to sound like more than I am 
and I mean that. But God told us that morning, if you'll go to Botswana, I'll give you that country for Christ. And what does that mean? That doesn't mean everybody's going to get saved, although I wish it did. But it meant that if we would go and do what God had given us to do, if we would just be obedient to the clear direction of the Lord, that God would do what he wanted to do in that country and that folks would have the opportunity to receive Christ. And our heart's desire, Botswana is not a real big country, okay? It's a lot of land, but not a lot of people, uh, just under three million. And, you know, three million people can be reached with the gospel a whole lot easier in our day today than they could have even 20 years ago. And really, God has just began to reveal to us what that verse means. And it's a journey of faith, and we're still walking it. But with your help and your prayers and your support, we are seeing the Lord do great things. Uh, things only God can do. Amen. I like it when something gets bigger than I am, because at some point people look at it and say, it has to be God, that dummy's not capable of doing that, amen? <laughs> and we're just very thankful for what the Lord is doing in Botswana, and I want to share a video with you, Cindy made a great video presentation, sweetie, would you just stand, and uh, there's the better half, amen, I'm the bitter half, she's the better half, okay, sweet and sour, it works, amen? <laughs> And I want you to see the video and enjoy it, and then we'll give you a few words of update about some other things, and then just after church, we're here, and if we can talk, we'd love to get with you and tell you more, okay? Uh, can we roll that video?
every time I see those things, thank you, just doesn't seem like enough to say, but heaven's going to tell a story, isn't it? It's going to tell a story. And we'll have no alarm clocks and no appointments and no things we have to rush off to. We'll just get to sit around and listen to each other tell the story of God's grace. Amen. I want you to really pray, Pastor, about a trip over. We'd love to put you right there with those hyenas and elephants and leopards. And even Pastor John Ray might look a little older after that experience. (laughs) But let me tell you what God did. Uh, Does the Lord ever throw you a curveball? Our pastor said it this morning, and I'm just going to borrow it. He said the Haley's could have just kept on doing what they were doing. And God was doing a great work. But you know, the Lord will never allow us to plateau very long. And we always knew that something like Grace Oasis was in the future of the ministry. I just really didn't know exactly when. And I was sitting in my office not too long ago when Cindy walked in and she said, look what I found on Facebook. Look at this property for sale. And to be honest with you, it was a busy day. And and I said, honey, I'm really busy. I promise you I'll look at it later. And she said, okay. And she walked out. And you know how your wife can kind of have that look of, "Eh, you know, you should have done what I told you. And uh, she walked out. And the Holy Spirit said, look at the picture, dummy. And I said, well, let me look at it. I said, send me a link, Cindy, and I'll check it out. And I did. And immediately the Lord began to impress upon my heart that it's something we needed to give attention to. Grace Oasis is a 10-acre property that's been fully developed. It was developed by a European businessman who came and built incredible buildings in Botswana for the government and then built that place as his weekend playground. It has chalets. It has the dining area you saw. It has an industrial kitchen. It has a campground. It has a sports complex. It's just an amazing facility. Now, it is in some disrepair. It needs some work, okay? And we're definitely looking for folks to come over and use their gifts and talents to help do what needs to be done. But first, we need to get it bought. And when we first went out there, we went out for what was supposed to be about an hour-long visit with a real estate agent. And for two weeks prior to that visit, I had prayed and said, Lord, we have got our hands full. There is so much going on. Forgive me if you think I'm being silly, but this is seriously, this is how I prayed. I said, Lord, if this isn't meant to be, Give me that run, forest, run moment. And I'll just walk away from this thing gladly. And I really kind of was looking for that. And to be honest with you, when I got there, just the opposite happened. And Cindy and I spent five hours that day walking every inch of that property. And we prayed and we dreamed and we speculated about what could be done. And we kept trying to ignore the price tag. Okay? (laughs) And just figure out, you know, if it was something the Lord wanted us to do. And we went through a process of due diligence and all those things you have to do. And we assembled a team there in Botswana to guide us through that. And God just began to make it very, 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 very clear that this was something he wanted to do and wanted us to do. And as you can see in the video, God's sending us the help. I mean, you can't do it all. No man's an island. But God's making a team in Botswana. And our ministry is becoming a team effort, and that's when you really start to see some things get done. And that's what we rejoice in, okay? But uh, long story short, I, uh, I had to come back here, okay? We talked to the owner. We negotiated a price. 
Uh, she needed a commitment. She's got a bank loan that's hanging over her head and the bank will foreclose on the property if it's not bought out by somebody and she'll lose it and then it'll take years before it would ever be able to be bought after that, okay, because of the legal system in Botswana. So we uh, prayed and I had to come back stateside for eight days. I had to lead a mission team back over to Botswana, a group uh, visiting from churches. And I went out behind my mom and dad's house one morning and I said, Lord, when I go back home, I need to make a commitment to Martina. I either need to commit to this or we need to tell her to find another buyer. And I've got a few days before I need to give her that answer. And I said, Lord, here's what I'm asking for today. I said, would you give me a financial commitment today? Didn't ask for a specific amount. We needed $80,000 to make an initial down payment, a deposit to like earnest money. Okay. And we needed that $80,000, and we had about 45 days to get that done. I think 45 to 60 days. And I prayed, and I said, Lord, would you just give us a financial commitment today? And I went back in the house, and an hour later, my wife called me, and she said, check your email. And I went, and I checked my email, and one of our deacons from the church we pastored in North Carolina, and his wife, Dale Potter, Vietnam veteran, has a follicle of hair on his body from Agent Orange, lost an eye, all kind of tragedy in his life. But he said, Pastor De uh, Judy and I prayed about Grace Oasis, and he said, we're sending you a check for $10,000. Two hours later, I got a call from a couple up in northern Indiana. Their church supports their ministry, but we've never met them personally. And they said, Brother Haley, we believe God wants this done. We're sending you a check for $10,000. Neither one knew about the other. I got ready to go to bed that night. Now, I can't make up stories this good, okay? I got ready to go to bed that night, and I got a call from Jeremy and Paula Wall, some folks we'd met out on deputation many years ago. And they said, Brother Haley, they said, we've been praying about this. Just today, we were at a financial advisor's office, and we were getting ready to make a big financial investment for my husband's retirement. And she said, my husband kept saying, Paula, I don't have peace. I don't have peace. We're going to wait till we get home. We're going to pray about this. We'll come back and talk to this guy on Monday. They got home. They watched the initial presentation video, and Jeremy looked at Paula and said, that's why I didn't have peace. We need to get involved in that project. She called me. She said, Brother Mike, we're sending you $10,000. $30,000 in less than 24 hours. And how many of you understand the Lord has a way of saying, here's your sign. Amen. And it's been like that from start to finish for the last four months. We've just seen God do it. Do it, do it, do it. I take no credit. We have to do our part, of course. We have to make the need known. But we have seen God do what only God can do. The initial price was around 500000 U.S. dollars. Of course, there's always the difference of exchange rates. And uh, we negotiated that price down to 450000 We've managed to save about 15000 more dollars by managing that exchange rate and cashing in monies that have been given at appropriate times to take advantage of what is right now a record rate of exchange in Botswana. Praise the Lord. So we got down to about $430,000 is our 
price. It's a $600,000 property. That's what it appraised for in U.S. value. And it's just amazing. It's, it's amazing what God's going to do there. And basically, we have till September 30th to raise the remaining $95,000. $95 to $100,000, I think, is what we, we lack and what we uh, have to come up with. Now, that has been guaranteed by a Christian businessman who said, Brother Mike, don't fall short. He said, if you get close to that September 30th, he said, I'll make you a short-term loan out of my company try to buy you time till the end of the year to get the job done. He said, but don't miss the opportunity. Let's get this done. So praise God. By God's grace, those funds have been given, and uh, we just need to get to the finish line. And we appreciate your prayers and anything the Lord put in your heart to do to be a part of that. We'll use that for a uh, Bible college campus. It'll be a Christian camp. It'll be a sports ministries uh, type facility. Really just can't tell you tonight all that uh, we have in mind for it and what I believe we're going to be able to do there. But one of the main, main things we want to do, two things I want you to really understand, 73% divorce rate in Botswana right now. The government of Botswana is screaming, asking churches to help to try to rectify that 73% rate. And one of the things we're going to do is provide married couples who are struggling not Christian couples, lost couples, and Christians, of course, to be able to come to that place, stay in a chalet, get a meal on a Friday night, have a romantic environment, and then right after breakfast on Saturday morning, sit down with the strong married couples in our church and get godly biblical Christian counseling to try to help them. How many of you think we'll see some folks saved out of that? Amen? Some marriages changed, trying to turn around the concepts of a culture that is just so messed up in their thinking and need to understand the truth of the Word of God if that's going to change. And then uh, pastors. Uh, Pastor, can I have one more minute? Would it be all right? Okay. A um, friend of mine is up in the northern part of Botswana, and uh, Dave just had a workshop for pastors. Now, you need to understand, these are pastors of what's called African traditional churches. And what that's going to be is a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. They know God, they know Jesus, they know the terminology, they have no idea about the truth, okay? And they mix all of that with all of the African traditional religions and ways of things, and it just becomes a composite of chaos, okay? That is called Christianity. Now, uh, Dave put on a workshop for these pastors and he invited about 28 pastors to come and, and uh, be a part of that workshop. He did the doctrine of salvation for a week. On Friday, he gave an invitation. 13 of those men who came received Christ as their Savior. Pastors, so-called, okay? They now will go back to those congregations and they will share what they have learned. Now what you and I need to understand, stay with me. We can have the mindset, well, they're not Baptists. They're, they, they, they need to start all over. And they do. But what we've got to do is give them an opportunity to come and hear sound doctrine and be taught in the word and then go back and take what they're hearing and what they're being taught to those places. Okay? And in time, 
those places where they go back to, it's going to be a process of time. We've got a lot of work to do. But we will invest in those men who are genuinely saved and who genuinely have a heart to preach to their people and they speak the language and they know the culture and if we can just get the truth of God in their heart and mind, they'll take that truth and that's how we'll reach that whole country for Christ. Okay? One missionary and his family is not going to get the job done in a lifetime. We need synergy. And what God has shown us is that the ministry in Botswana is synergy. It's just seizing every opportunity and being wise and being led of the Holy Spirit and just letting God do what only God can do and use us to get the job done. And you're a part of that. And we wouldn't be there if it wasn't for you. So we love you. We thank you. And we hope you'll come see us. How many of you would be willing to come on a missions trip to Botswana, Africa? Now, what if I told you you wouldn't have to eat any weird food, you'd sleep in a comfortable bed, and nobody's going to try to eat you? How many of you would come? <laughs> Pastor, thank you. Love you all. You can stay seated as we sing, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know the same the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I
our hymn of the month, Jesus Christ the Righteous. Probably the easiest example of this 
is that if you bring lost people under the sound of the gospel, they respond. It's an amazing thing. Now, not everybody, right? Some say, no, I don't want to hear anything. Some say yes, and some say, I'll come back and hear it again. And that's, that's a, a biblical concept. But what we know is that if we never bring lost people under the sound of the gospel, how can they believe except they hear? So that's what we know, right? We know that they've got to be brought under the sound of the gospel. We should be carrying the gospel. By the way, church is not really intended for the gospel. You understand? I'm, I'm trying to say this carefully, but we gather as believers to do what? To worship. That's what we do. We gather as believers to worship. So really, church is not where we reach the lost. We go out and we take the gospel with us uh, and we talk to people about Jesus. But what I'm saying to you is for the next two months of Sunday mornings, we're going to make sure that the gospel is that clear presentation uh, that we're making every Sunday morning. And so it's an opportunity because sometimes I know, I'm aware that sometimes somebody else needs to be brought in the mix. Uh, if, you, if you have ever, if your kids are uh, beyond the age of three, probably, you've had them come home from church or come home from school or come home from uh, some, something or other, you know, something or other, and they'll say, Dad, Mom, you'll never believe what they said, and they tell you this great news. It's the same thing you've been telling them for the last 17 years, right? But all of a sudden, the youth pastor says it. He's like the smartest person on the planet because he said it in a different way, and sometimes it's that way even with the gospel, right? Some plant, some water, God gives the increase. So I'm going to tell you we're going to have a chance on Sunday mornings to plant water and watch God give the increase. So that's going to be what we're really talking about tonight to give us why that needs to happen. We're in Matthew chapter 9. Did I say that already? Matthew chapter 9. We're going to read verse 36. We'll pray and get started. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Father, help us tonight to revitalize our burden for lost people to understand the great need that is around us and to, to have compassion, to follow in the steps of Jesus. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What we have got to do is begin to see lost people in a different way. It is so easy for us, if we're not careful, to just view people as people. And if we're, not, if we're also not careful in our Christian circles, we, we get this tunnel vision. We assume that everybody thinks like we do. And that's not the truth. Uh, you know, it's... It, it, by the way, Brother Mike, I appreciate what you're doing with those pastors. Now, I'm not, you know, we're not trying to make everybody Baptists, right? The reality is, if people come to know Christ as their Savior, the Holy Spirit will guide them in truth. That's what happens. And it's not, our, we're not out there to convert people to Baptists. We're out there to, to tell people about Jesus and then let the Holy Spirit do his job. So uh, don't, don't panic on that one. You're doing a great job. But um, the, the, uh, you know, the concept is here that you know, we need to understand, we need to view people the way Jesus views them. And I think sometimes we just get so accustomed to seeing people and viewing them through our own lens that we forget that those people are, in this particular verse, as Jesus is beholding the multitude, he says, because he had compassion because they fainted, were scattered abroad, and have a, as a sheep, having no shepherd. I want to, we need to understand that, you know, sometimes we get frustrated at people. Right? I mean, what politician do you don't want to just smack upside the head? And we just get frustrated at them. And 
we, we watch all the woke things that are happening out there in our society, and we're frustrated by them, and we want to go to battle with people. That doesn't make any sense. Jesus, Jesus of all people that could have gone to battle with these people, he looks beyond all the idiosyncrasies that they brought in with them into this multitude, and here's what he sees. They're fainting, they're scattered, and they're as sheep without a shepherd. He sees people in great need. And, and sometimes if we can get past our frustration and get past the, the political you know, arena that we've often thrown ourselves into, we'll begin to recognize that those people don't need to be set straight on wokeism. Because if everybody thinks like we do on, on the woke things, they still die and go to hell without Jesus Christ. Do you understand? We've got to see them in a different way. And so I, I want us to just kind of use tonight to reinvigorate our, our burden, our passion, our compassion for lost people. Do we see people? In our, in families is another good example. It's easy to get frustrated with our families. I mean, we're, we're in a habit of getting frustrated with our families. We grew up that way, right? It's our brother, of course. I mean, we've been slapping each other in the back of the head for the last you know, 50 years, and we're going to continue to do so. I mean, it's, and if we're not careful... We, we get caught up in all of that and we're forgetting to see them the way God sees them. Do we see people who their soul, the, the concept of fainting is I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to throw in the towel. I, I've given up on hope. I've given up on help. I don't believe it's, it's available to me. I don't believe that I have access to it. And whether we know this or not, those people that are out there shouting, we have rights, we're proud, blah, 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 keep filling in all the woke statements you want to, you want to fill in with, what, there's, what there really are is about ready to quit. And we have the answer for that. Do we not? Does Jesus Christ have the answer for this? What we need to do is change the way we're viewing them. God did not leave the church here to be a political powerhouse. He left the church here to be the power of the gospel. You understand how this works? And if we, we don't want to get, lose sight of why we're here and what the point is. So we need to see people as fainting. We're surrounded by people who are ready to quit, who are ready to throw in the towel. And they have. They, many of them, you know, how many times do you know people that used to go to church? They don't go to church anymore. They've thrown in the towel. And they, by the way, they might genuinely be saved people who have the Holy Spirit of God living in them, but have gotten so discouraged that in 2 Peter chapter 1, the Bible says they've failed, they've quit growing, they've quit adding to their faith, and he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. They're just, they're, they've fainted. They're just, they're ready to quit. David was there, right? David said, I would how many times has David used the word faint in the, in the, in the uh, Psalms, right? And remember in Psalm 27, the end of Psalm 27, I said, I would have fainted if I, unless I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Uh, unless, unless I can find some hope, I'm going to throw in the towel. We, folks, we have the hope that lies within us. And we're supposed to be ready to give an answer to every man of that hope that lies within us. 
And so we need to become burdened for the lost people. We need to be like Jesus and see them. Look, the next thing that Jesus said, I'm going to skip over the rest of the message tonight just to kind of put us get through this one verse. They're scattered abroad. And what does that mean, to be scattered abroad? What do you think? They're wandering around. That would be a good way to look at it. They're wandering around. They're, oh, I'll try this. I'll try this. Uh, they, they've tried everything under the sun. You've got 13-year-olds that have tried four genders already. Hello. And we can get frustrated at that. But what it is is they're ready to faint. And they're doing everything they can to find this hope. And they're, they're scattered abroad. They're, they're going all over the place. They're like that ship, that proverbial ship in James chapter 1 that's been driven by the wind because there's nothing there. There's no substance to their life. The double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And we need to, we need to see them like Jesus does. And, and I'm afraid sometimes we just get frustrated. and We, you know, we want to we come in with a hammer and crush all of their views. But it is an amazing thing that Jesus seldom deals with the false views. Look at, look at the Apostle Paul. and look at, you know, The Apostle Paul walks in and he says, Oh, look, all these idols. He says, Come here, folks, I want to show you something. This idol... This is the idol to the unknown God. I want to tell you about him. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't deal with all the other stuff, right? He doesn't get caught up. That, that's off topic. The topic is the gospel. That's what people need. People need Jesus. And once they get Jesus, he deals with all the rest of the stuff. Isn't that great? I mean, then all of a sudden we have a point to grow from. Then we add to our faith and all of those things. We add to our virtue and the virtue knowledge, knowledge, temper. And then that brings us to the place that he, that, you know, if we, if, if we do these things, what does it say? First Peter chapter 1. Won't be unfruitful. Won't be unfruitful. That, I'll, we'll sum it up that way. Yeah, he won't be unfruitful. I can't remember the exact verse. Won't be unfruitful, right? If we just add to our faith, that's what happens. That's what's going to happen. Let's start with faith. It starts with faith in Jesus. I'm afraid too often, moms and dads, listen up. We get caught up in this. We see behavior in our kids we don't like, and we want to change the behavior. And we get caught up in the behavior. Remember, we, we've used this illustration. It's the, it's the tree with the fruit and the root. Remember that? And we get caught up in picking out, ooh, I don't, I, I don't like the way my son's hair looks. I don't like the way my daughter's skirt looks. I don't like the way uh, this attitude. And we pick, off the atti- we pick it all off, right? You know how we do that? We put them in prison. I'm just being honest. That's what we do. We just keep making more and more rules. And the the tree looks like the way we want it to look. The problem is, there's still a root problem. And if we would change the root, the fruit takes care of itself. The, the fruit will take care of itself once the root gets changed. But we focus on the wrong things, and that's what sometimes we're doing in our society. We're, we're out there, we, we want to change everybody's mind on, on the Second Amendment. And by the way, I believe in the Second Amendment. Don't misunderstand. I, I, I support your right to... Bear arms. I do. But if everybody in America bears arms and goes to hell, who cares? We didn't win anything. We, we lost the battle. Do you understand? That's not the way this works. Let's deal with the root. Get the root taken care of. The fruit takes care of itself. It's an amazing thing. And so when Jesus is out there looking at, the, at, the, at this crowd, he's not, he, doesn't get caught, he doesn't get sidetracked. They're fainting. They're ready to quit. They're scattered abroad, and then they're as sheep having no shepherd. Meaning simply this, they don't know where to go. That's why God sent us 
you understand this? So God says, I'm going to send my church so that these sheep that have no shepherd can find out the direction they ought to be going. That's what Jesus is all about. So we're going to do this on Sunday mornings. We're going to present the gospel clearly. I mean, I, again, I try to present the gospel virtually every Sunday morning, but I mean, we're just going to make the gospel the focus. And I want you to consider who it is. I'm, I'm asking God even to put people on our hearts right now as we're speaking. Who would God have you to bring to church with you? Now, by the way, if you've already sown, they come and get water on that seed, and now it's even closer to bearing fruit. Do you understand? And then God gives the increase. It's an amazing thing. So I'm not suggesting that we, we take the Sunday mornings in place of our personal witness. I'm suggesting that we put it in, you know, as addition to our personal witness. So we're witnessing to people, then they come and they hear the gospel again from a different direction, from a different standpoint. And the Holy Spirit of God has a chance to do something. And wow, wouldn't it be just wonderful to watch people come to know Christ as their Savior? Uh, in, the last, you know, uh, in the last two weeks, uh, we've had six, seven, eight professions of faith that I'm aware of uh, among our congregation. I'm not from the congregation. I mean, that people have been talking to people about. This is what God does. When people hear the gospel, they respond. So I'm going <clears> to... <throat> Sing you a song, my, my, my voice is just about dry. Scott, would you reach behind there on that shelf? It's my bottle of water. Uh, around all the way back to the back wall. There you go, that's it. I was, if there's water sitting on that back shelf, that little, that little uh, whatever it's called, handrail or whatever it is, thank you, sir, uh, it's mine. All right? I leave it right there behind the sound booth. You can leave it there. If it's still there on Wednesday, I'll still drink it. I'm not water snob, so I don't care. This, by the way, started out on Wednesday, so it's still here. So praise the Lord. I'm not going to die, I don't think. Uh, it's, it's good water. But I'm going to try to sing you a song. And it's a song I've sung you before, but in context here, it's, it's where we need to be. We need to ask God to burden our hearts for the souls of men, right? So it's a song called My Friend, and you're going to ask me uh, you know, if I've got the music and I don't. I've tried to find it online, and you can find everything online, you know, but I can't find it. I can find the poem of it, the words I can find. I don't know who ever put it to music. Years ago, I heard it, and you know me with music, it kind of sticks, and so here it is. Um, so, but let the words just challenge us, right? My friend, I stand in judgment now and feel that you're to blame somehow. On earth, I walk beside you day by day. You could have led me straight to him. My knowledge then was very dim. But never once did you tell me the way. You called me friend, but that was then when we were young and best of friends and living there on dear old planet Earth. But it's too late, you've sealed my fate. I'll never see the pearly gate. You never told me of the second birth. And now I'm lost forever. I'm burning in this awful place. I'm suffering so much pain here. And through it all, I see your face. I'm glad you're bound for heaven. And you won't reach this bitter end. But it's so hard to be here, knowing that you were once my friend.
Somebody you know is thinking, ready to quit, scattered, looking for a way out, finding no direction in life. They need Jesus. Somebody we know. Let's let God burden our hearts. Let's see what God's going to do in the next couple months of getting people under the sound of his gospel. Father, burden our hearts for the souls of men afresh and anew. God, I pray that you would just help us to see men in a different light, see souls rather than frustrations, souls rather than political agendas. Help us to see them as you see them. And God, give us the boldness, the courage to speak the truth. And then may your gospel go forth with great power to accomplish what only you can accomplish in the hearts of men. Use us to bring people to your son. Be with Brother Mike and uh, give him and Miss Cindy the continued burden for that ministry there. And Father, we will thank and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Your heads bowed, your eyes closed for just a moment, please. Say, Pastor John, there's someone God's brought to my mind, my heart, while we've been sitting here, that there's, there's someone I know that needs Jesus. And Pastor, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my part. I, I want to speak to them, but, and I want to get them here, and get them under the sound of the gospel in several ways. And Pastor, would you just pray that I will be bold, that I will be courageous, that I'll step out and do that inviting. I'll step out and, and speak the gospel God's laid someone in my heart, Pastor. I want to do that. Would you, would you pray for me, Pastor? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Hands across the place. Thank you. Maybe someone would say, Pastor, I have to be honest. I haven't been viewing people the right way. I've gotten caught up in all the distraction. And I'm seeing people in my own frustration rather than seeing the soul and the heart that needs Christ. And Pastor, would you pray for me that I would, that my heart would be broken afresh and anew for the souls of men? Would you slip your hand up? Let me see that so I can pray for you. Thank you again. Many, many hands across the place. Maybe. Maybe someone here said, Pastor, when you're talking about the gospel, when you're talking about knowing that I'm going to heaven, the reality is, Pastor, I don't know. Pastor, the truth is, I'm one of those ones who's, a, who's ready to throw in the towel. I'm one of those ones who's hopping around trying to find an answer, and I'm not finding it. I'm like, I'm without a shepherd. I don't know the direction to go. Pastor, I'm one of those upon whom Jesus would have compassion. Can I tell you some wonderful news? This Jesus of ours has compassion on you as well, just as he did hundreds of years ago in that open field. When he sees you, he's moved with compassion. And so moved was he that he gave his life as a sinless sacrifice to pay for your sin and for mine. And he offers to you today the wonderful gift of eternal life, of forgiveness of sin, of having your sin debt erased through the sacrifice that he made on the cross. And we would be honored 
to talk to you about what it means to know Jesus Christ as your Savior tonight. We're going to have an invitation. And Christian, I invite you to come and bring people before the Lord and ask his, Him to begin even now to prepare their hearts for the gospel message. Christian, I invite you to come and, and place your heart on the altar and ask God to break it fresh and anew for the, for the souls of men. If there's someone here that needs to know Christ, we invite you to come meet us down front. We'll have someone take you aside privately and talk to you one-on-one about what it means to know that you're on your way to heaven through the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's stand. We're going to sing together. 515, near the cross. 515, Jesus, keep me near the cross as we sing. The altar's open to you. You step out. Let the Lord have his way, would you? Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's going to play through another verse. Many have come. If you need to come do the business of the Lord, we invite you to step out. Let him have his way. Appreciate your uh, kind attention. You look this way. I appreciate uh, your kind attention. Good to have your family with us, brother. Welcome to you, and and uh, we'll pray that the Lord gives you a good uh, two and a half more hours, whatever it is, to to get there and finish out the trip. You guys are going tonight. Are you going on through tonight? All right. So uh, fantastic. Good to have you. Stick around. We'll get to meet you a little bit. Uh, make sure that you uh, shake someone's hand. Find someone whose first name you do not know. There's going to be several of you here. We've got uh, the other people visiting, so. Uh, make sure that you uh, introduce yourself to someone whose name you do not know and let them know that, that uh, you're glad to have them here. And then uh, begin next week, beginning next week, it's a holiday weekend, I know, it's the uh, Labor Day weekend, but we'll start with the gospel next Sunday morning and see what the Lord's going to do, all right? Anything else I'm supposed to be announcing? Don't forget the uh, boxes are available, thank you. Don't forget the boxes are available for you to uh, put some money in if you want to help Brother Mike and uh, the ministry there. And if you say, I didn't come prepared, Pastor... You know what? He would allow you to uh, send that money later on. He'll, he will. So 
If you didn't bring it tonight, that's okay. Uh, we'll make sure that, that happens, all right? Anybody else? Lord bless you. Keep you. Make his face shine up and give you peace. Love you all. God bless you. You are dismissed.